Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created the show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Like most areas of study which ask for great introspection or leave us asking more, astrology has been known to have a lot of stigma surrounding it. There are those who are strong believers in astrology and therefore talk about it often, using it as a tool to manage their everyday life. While there are others who don't believe in it at all, and not only cringe when they hear about it, but also try to disprove it at every step. However, it is quite common for most skeptics to warm up to it when it produces positive descriptions of themselves. The reason for the stigma goes back to the early days of religion when God or God started to become separate from the cosmos. Astrology was viewed as a threat because it asked people to seek guidance outside of the only guidance they should be seeking, that of God. Today, there is evidence that many people drawn to astrology are spiritual, but unaffiliated to a major religion. They are able to seek guidance in both. Modern-day astrology has since evolved into many different types, with the mainstream astrology taking on the name pop astrology. Pop astrology has infiltrated social media and has become quite trendy amongst all ages, sexes, and cultures. It has been used, if not abused, by large corporations and even politicians to gain more popularity. For example, Republican Mike Bloomberg used an astrology tweet to appeal to his fellow Aquarians and denounce Donald Trump when he was running against him, pointing out that he is indeed a Gemini. With pop astrology's trendiness and popularity, this has come the shaming, to be more specific, the zodiac shaming. Back in the day, asking someone's sign was seen in a more positive light. Today, when people ask, it is to create more judgment around your character. The problem with all this zodiac shaming is that it's not only adding to the long-standing stigma around astrology, but also it is adding to, to the divide and subsequently deterring those who are not well-versed in astrology from learning it. Many argue these zodiac shamers are giving astrology a bad name. In some countries, it is, it is taking more than a college degree to find a reputable job. In China, many companies have gone so far as to add the star sign of the person they are looking for in their employment ads. According to a recent survey, 4.3% of Chinese college graduates had experienced some sort of discrimination based on their star sign while looking for a job. In the U.S., a high percentage of people who follow astrology are millennials who have become disillusioned with organized religion and are instead looking to divination practices to seek help in making major life decisions. In fact, according to a poll conducted a few years ago, 40, 44% of Americans aged 18 to 29 either somewhat or strongly believed in horoscopes. Despite its claims being refuted over and over again, astrology has survived thousands of years. Perhaps its trending popularity has allowed it to retreat to the one area of study which shields it the most from scientific ridicule, that of mysticism. And in 2020, the mystical service market was estimated to be worth $2.1 billion. While many cultures have aimed to raise their children with the true knowledge of their star signs and all that accompanies it, Others have moved away from astrology's ancient meanings and instead have resorted to purely prejudice. In fact, many top astrologers argue that pop astrology is weaponizing the study by reducing people to their star signs, stereotyping them, and having a conversation at them instead of being used as a tool to have a conversation with them. After all, one sun sign is just one piece of their entire natal chart. And if you relied on just that, you would be missing out on so much more. Astrology was wielded by many different ancient civilizations to help us answer countless questions about ourselves, each other, and the world around us. It was never intended to be used to berate each other and to divide us in what is an already quite polarized world. Although it was declared a pseudoscience in 1978, many claim it may have started out as a protoscience, or a science in the making, but lost its drive, its following, and its dedication to get there. 
Others speculate it was never intended to be a science at all, but instead a tool for introspection. There is no doubt astrology has the trappings of science with its predictions, calculations, and deals in systems and structures. Regardless of if you refer to astrology as a science or not, millions of people all over the world still find truth in it, especially now. During a time with so many great unknowns, astrology has helped many find relief from anxiety by helping them get answers to the one thing they can right now, themselves. Today on Love from the Hip, I am excited to have both Sarah Armour and Nicole Razzi on my show. Sarah is a comedian, astrologer, and co-host of The Munual. Razzi is an artist, astrologer, and co-host of The Munual. They will share their unique way of bringing astrology into the world right now and reveal some astrological predictions for 2022. Plus, later on the show, we will open up the phone lines, so call in with your sun, moon, and rising sign so Sarah and Razzy can offer you a mini astrology reading about what you can expect in the new year. So don't go far. You won't want to miss it. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. It is my great pleasure to have Sarah Armour and Nicole Razzi on my show today. Sarah is an astrologer, comedian, and co-host of The Munual. And Razzy is an astrologer, artist, and co-host of The Manual. So, hey, ladies, where are you guys joining us from today? Hey, hey, I am Sarah, and I am joining you from New York City. <laughs> I'm Razzy, and I'm joining you from Florida, Ocala, to be exact. All right. Well, I think we have all parts of the U.S. covered. <laughs> At least the East Coast. Right. Oh, I guess yeah, I you're a mid. Yeah. We're just doing this all for the West Coast is actually what's Seems. going on. There You've you got go. the middle. We got the side. But this is for you, West Coast. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so have you guys witnessed Zodiac shaming? I mean, are there people actually weaponizing astrology? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, what's interesting is like you'll even see between men and women that men weaponize astrology against women now. Right. Because it's becoming such a theme and it's so easily accessible. 
you'll find that men will like learn the basics and then use it as a way to get into women's lives. Even lie about their chart, lie. Lie about their sign. Lie about their sign. It's Mm -hmm. really crazy. Um, Yeah, but definitely the shaming is real. Um, And people will hear, oh, you're a Gemini. Okay, so then they already block your number. (laughs) They already (laughs) X you out of the whole equation, which isn't fair, obviously. Yeah. And why do you think this is happening? I think it's happening because it's just another way to kind of go with the trend because it has become a trend. It's been so popular now and it's a lot easier to, you know, learn something and then just get what you want. It's just a really a tactic to get which, whatever it is that you want out of people and to manipulate which sucks, which is why probably, uh, you know, astrology was used in a way where it was kept more as a secret and under wraps for so long. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of in a way it's helping it and hindering it. It's helping it by making it more popular, would you say? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's helping it, making it. Well, I I think between, um, you know, transitions are messy. I guess is what I would say. So like while we're in this transition between eras, between times, between years, I think as we're moving into an era where astrology becomes more acceptable or normalized or current, but we're coming from a culture where it has been so occult and so secret and so, you know, reserved for fill in the blank of your judgment of people that are into astrology, right? It's like we're in this messy in between where ultimately I think it's a very good thing. But I think in the interim, while people are learning, because there's so much misinformation and, you know, you can look at your sun sign horoscope and go, well, this isn't me at all. And it's what you said during the opening monologue is exactly right, which is that your chart is multifaceted. And so long term, if we all had from childhood a better understanding of our cosmic nature, then astrology becomes an incredibly fun powerful self-development tool and and really like a, a an armor like a shield that you can use in the world or sort of the you know you can take the temperature or you can check the wind before you surf you know but um <laughs> i think at the moment because there's sort of enough understanding that people can can use it in you know common vernacular but then there's a left of a lack of understand there's enough of a lack of an understanding that people don't really know what they're talking about it's it's a little bit messy right now right okay Kind of like our roads out there today. Similar. (laughs) So would you say, though, would you agree that this pandemic has actually created an uptick in astrology, though? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, I think being home and having to explore yourself, having to explore who we are outside of things like having a job and how we define ourselves with all of the external. We've been made to go inside. We've been made to go internal. And then to really, you know, find out the clues and following the divine. And so astrology is such a great kind of gateway into the divine and the other side that naturally that's what people were drawn to. They're just reading a lot more at home. You know, it's way easier to start Googling and you have all the time at night to stay up until three o'clock in the morning to Google your sun sign and find out your natal chart. So it's definitely a rabbit hole that I think the pandemic really helped a lot of people jump straight in and find out. Mm. Sure. Yeah, and I also think that it, it's in the charts anyway. Like, we are coming into the age of Aquarius, perfect song. And so Aquarius rules astrology, so it's sort of a natural occurrence in terms of, like, plague or not, we were going to become more into astrology. But I also think that, you know, similar to when, you know, you, you go to AA and it's, like, the first time that you're like, okay, I surrender to God. I think during a plague, and I think that this pandemic really made everybody feel vulnerable across the board and when we are most vulnerable is usually when we're brought to our knees in surrender and so if it took a plague for people to not think that nicole and i are crazy so be it (laughs) right on so this is the first time i've heard of comedy being tied in with astrology and i i think it's actually a fabulous idea why did you decide to bring comedy in with astrology and how do you think it helps so um I started the Moonule in 2016, and it was actually a comedy show to begin with. So first and foremost, it was a comedy show, but because I was, um, you know, a fledgling astrologer, I'm also a coach, I'm, you know, but I'm a comedian, I had access to, I was a resident comic at Caroline's, and so when I was trying to sort of figure out what I wanted my show to be, uh, doing a moon ritual comedy show seemed like the best way to integrate these two worlds because on a basic level, even if you don't give a darn about astrology, you, by following the moon cycles, 
or just planning on coming to the show, you get into the natural rhythm of the feminine experience and of the sort of, just the natural cycle of the month every month. And so I started out doing a comedy show at Caroline's. It was theme based. There was a sort of, there was a bizarre, bizarre beforehand, you know, an after party. And so it was all cosmic oriented and about the lunation, but it started at a comedy club as a comedy show. Uh, I brought Nicole on, we met very serendipitously, and I brought her on in 2019, right before the, I mean, the timing was amazing because it was right before the pandemic. And so we had a few live shows. We moved our show to The Stand, which is also another comedy club in New York. And then when the pandemic uh, became serious, I mean, I guess the word, that's sort of redundant, pandemic is serious, okay? But um, when the pandemic became lockdown and we all had to stay home, what the moon ended up turning into, it remained comedy in nature. I'm a comedian and we always have a comedy guest and it's a show first and foremost, but it allowed us to expand upon what it was that we were creating, which long-term we always had in mind, it being a, you know, a sort of a, a commune, you know, a moon ritual community and a place for people to dip their toe into the world of spirituality in a way that wasn't so serious. Yeah. And then you're teaching them about astrology at the same time. Right. And it, But it's the, the thing about comedy, I think, that makes it um, really worth like it's worth remaining connected is a comedy show and an astrology event because people are so like you were saying they're are so defensive about astrology yeah. everybody has their opinions and right I'm not going to date him because he's a Gemini he's Aquarius <laughs> placements no chance right but when we go through the door of comedy everyone's guard is down comedy is the fastest way to connect people to unify people other than a pandemic I guess lol but it really is this fast way to get everybody relaxed, guards down. And when your guard is down, you have the ability to retain more of the information that otherwise with your thinking brain going, you might be more cynical to or the minute you hear a moon sign, you're just zoned out. You know, there's a lot of people who are afraid to learn more about it because I think I think what no one is saying but is true is that part of, I think, people's resistance to learning about astrology is that it is so, it's like, it's similar to crypto. It's like, it is so complex. Yeah. And so people think this is stupid, but or they say this is stupid, or I'm not into it, or I don't believe. But what's really going on is the the tiniest bit they find out more about their chart or then they see their chart and they're like, whoa, this is like a whole different language. I'm not even going there. So I think comedy allows us to relax people into the self-discovery process. Yeah, exactly. Do you have anything else to add there, Razzy? I think that astrology astrology is fun you know and i think that's what we why some people will look at the fact that comedy and astrology is together and miss the point of astrology is fun mm-hmm. we're meant to enjoy it and to learn how to not take it so seriously and not to take ourselves so seriously all of the time because truthfully when you're learning about yourself you can't be overcritical you can't shame yourself constantly you'll put yourself in a very dark hole or a very dark place and so to show us that we can all come together and we're on the same page with this exploration we're not ahead of each other we're not behind which of course sometimes you see in the astrology community you have some people who think they know it all and then when they talk to others others they trying they're trying to downplay but the tr- the point of bringing people together on this platform is to show us that even if we are in the know and we're the astrologers that you can be where we are and that really we're just here to to laugh and remember why did we come to this planet earth why did we come here to begin with and it's to live that's wonderful and how do you guys find your comedians uh well i'm a comedian so they're all my my co-workers awesome you don't have to go far. <laughs> no, and then especially now in, uh, I guess people are doing more shows. You know, there was a moment where we were doing more shows, you know, we could predict, but who knows what will happen in the next few months in terms of lockdowns or, you know, but it was a ripe time to do online comedy because for a minute there, no one was leaving the house. And so we had at our fingertips a lot of comedians that would otherwise be on the road or booked or, you know, working all night, just home looking for something to do. So, you know, it's an incredible, if you look back through the Instagram or you can go to the moonyule.com, the, the list of comedians that we have, I mean, like almost every comedian we've had on the show has like major TV credits. I mean, these are like some of the best up and coming comedians in the scene right now. So <laughs> it was a great time for a plague for the Moonyule. <laughs> How fitting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, can we start talking about what's going to happen in 2022? Hell yeah. Can we start with yeah, some definitely. major transits? Because isn't that happening right now? 
Oh yeah, there's always a major transit, right? But <laughs> yeah. let's see. So we're starting the year off with a bang. Obviously, that's in a few days for most of us starting the new year. And we're starting with the Venus retrograde in Capricorn. And then shortly after in January, we're going to have the nodes changing, which is a huge one that I want to talk about because the nodes is something that gets slept on a lot or people aren't really aware of what that is. We have that in our natal chart and we look at the collective nodes. So basically what that means is right now the North Node is in Gemini, the South Node is in Sagittarius. So if a child was born today, that would be their North and South Node. So, but what does that mean for the rest of us, right? So this switch is a big deal because it lasts for about 18 months and it kind of sets up the vibe of all 2022 where we're going to be experiencing this um, difference in going from this very unpredictable, more masculine year to this more Venusian, feminine, slowing down energy. Now, the interesting thing about it, though, even though the North Node will be in Taurus, Uranus is also in Taurus. So this is not your everyday average Taurus energy, which is very rigid, structured, stubborn, right? Earthy and beautiful and pleasurable. But since Uranus is there and all of the fixed signs like Taurus don't really like change, what we're doing is changing our idea of what it means to rest as a collective, right? So we went through that in 2020 just to usher us in, but now 2022, we're really sitting within that. And we're now coming back into the working world, for example, into the way we want to make money and realizing that our productivity and our rest are two different things. We don't rest to be productive. We rest because we have to, mm -hmm. because we should, and it's our right. So we're going to find that with this Venus retrograde is also just ushering us into, into the new year, thinking about our relationships and which ones are really worth it or not, which ones align with our exchange of energy, our, the give and take of money and time. Hmm. And, and then we're going to see, which already happened literally this week, is Jupiter went into Pisces. So Jupiter is going to be there until May, May 10th. And what's going to happen with that is it's a very magical time, not just for the Pisces people, but for all of us. Um, Jupiter was was in Aquarius, so we went from a very brainy activity, information sharing, downloading, and now we're going into sitting within our feelings. And Jupiter, which is associated with the luck a lot of the time, is also a planet that is very much like a guru, right? So there's a lot of lessons that come with following the synchronicities, like how me and Sarah were talking about how we met. It was very serendipitous. It was by chance, coincidence, quote unquote. But this Jupiter and Pisces is going to challenge your idea of what is a coincidence, right? What is chance? And you'll have so much encounters that seem very magical. So this is a transit that where if you have just entered the doorway of astrology, Jupiter and Pisces is going to really make you believe, right? Because it's a lot to do with belief, belief in yourself, belief in miracles, belief in anything can happen, anything can change. And um, yeah, I think Jupiter and Pisces is going to be huge for that. And then later in the year, it's going to switch to Aries, which is going to be a very different vibe. <laughs> so we have this grounding energy, but grounding with a lot of change, which, of course, we've all been feeling those those shifts in our life. That's awesome. And I think it's, it's worth noting for anyone that doesn't know when Nicole's talking about fate points. The North Node is the collective future. It's the Dharma of the society. The South Node is the karma. So it's the it's the the sort of past life or past experience drainage of. So when she's saying that we've had a masculine year and that we've been primed for new beliefs, it's because the South Node has been in Sagittarius, the North Node in Gemini, asking us to, you know, ask our ask more questions, get more curious, connect to our family and our local communities. And then South Node in Sagittarius was like all those things you think you believe, eh, there's new beliefs on the horizon. So when it switches, which it is switching uh, in early January, when the North Node moves into Taurus and the South Node in Scorpio, now that we're primed for new beliefs, the North Node in Taurus is going to have us believing a lot um, of new, more sustainable things about, you know, miracles, possibilities, sustainability and resources, beauty, all of the Venusian Taurin things. And so we really are primed for miracles. That's awesome. It sounds like a wild ride. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a break. 
On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss hot tub folliculitis or jacuzzi folliculitis. This bacterial skin infection is typically contracted through contaminated whirlpools and hot tubs, especially wooden ones. You can also get hot tub folliculitis from water slides, physiotherapy pools, inflatable pool toys, swimming pools, or even loofah sponges. When it first appears, it resembles acne with its grainy bumps called papules, which are bright to dark red. As the rash progresses, the bumps become larger and more tender nodules may appear up to three centimeters in diameter. These papules have central pustules. In addition, pus-filled blisters can also form around hair follicles. Hot tub folliculitis tends to be more prevalent where swimwear meets the skin. It is also likely to show up on the chest or groin area, where water and bacteria typically get trapped for longer periods of time. Aside from the itchiness from the rash, other symptoms which can develop include fever, fatigue, headache, sore throat, nausea, and swollen lymph nodes, which also are the most common signs of infection. It is caused by a bacteria called Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which can actually survive in chlorinated water, making it tougher to kill. Hot tub folliculitis tends to be more likely among children because their skin is thinner and they tend to stay in the water much longer than adults. People with a compromised immune system, as well as those who struggle with eczema, acne, or dermatitis are also more at risk. Typically, a doctor will perform a biopsy in order to diagnose and rule out other conditions such as acne or bug bites. Once diagnosed, your doctor may prescribe an over-the-counter hydrocortisone, topical antimicrobial ointment, or even diluted vinegar compresses. Once hot tub folliculitis goes away, there is a chance the rash may leave some hyperpigmented or darker spots on the skin. These should fade over time. Doctors recommend the following to decrease your risk of contracting this bacteria. After using a hot tub or pool, change out of your wet suit as soon as possible and into dry clothing. Launder your suit well. If you have your own pool or hot tub, be sure to chlorinate it regularly and change water as needed. Also, change loofahs or bath poofs regularly or avoid them altogether. Lastly, know where you swim. What may feel good at in the moment, like in a public hot tub, may only hurt you later. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Today, I have the pleasure of having Sarah Armour and Nicole Razzi on my show. And if you would like a mini reading for 2022, call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So let's go right to our phone lines. We've got Mary on the line from Chicago. Mary, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Mary. Do you have good? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Can you tell us your sun, moon, and rising? Do you know all three? Uh, So, uh, sun is Cancer. Uh, Rising sign is Cancer ascendant, and moon sign is Aquarius. Okay, and do you have a specific question for the girls? Nothing specific. Just interested in what 2022 has in store for me. Okay, great. I'll let you take it from here, you guys. All right. Well, what's up, Mary? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. So we got a Cancer Sun, Cancer Rising, and an Aquarius Moon. Well, looking for you, I'm also an Aquarius Moon. So hello. And I'm also a Cancer Sun. So amigos. (laughs) So I think like some of the interesting things for you to understand, even as an Aquarius moon, is that, you know, the age of Aquarius has started. 
your soul is leading a lot of your energy. So it, in a lot of ways, you have to be very conscious of your feelings, especially with this Jupiter and Pisces coming up, because it, it trines your water energy. So you have a Cancer sun, which is water. You have a water rising. And then ju this Jupiter from now till May is going to be super beneficial for you to start to channel what are the next steps? What is the next moves? Like, what is it that you can see coming up for yourself? Because there are such great changes, especially with your moon sign being in a square to Uranus and Taurus and the North Node in Taurus, which means there is a challenge for you, right? There is a challenge in in getting out of your head and getting into your body. That's probably going to be one of the bigger challenges is continuing your self-love and your self-care and your nurturing of your, your inner desires and what it is that you see for yourself and what is what is it that you call quote unquote success right and kind of taking out the standard of um needing to help as many people as possible knowing that as an aquarius moon and you do have that humanitarian side you already do that just by showing up and being there for the people around you which is your family right which is cancer so you have that motherly energy that you can really rely on and all Jupiter and Pisces, all you have to do is either sit in a bath, get some water, go out by the ocean, by the shore, and ask for what it is you want. Do a lot of wish fulfillment for yourself. And then allow the people around you to also care for you as much as you care for them. That's a key. And open up, right? Be much more vulnerable. It could be hard. You could be challenged, especially right now with certain people in your life to to kind of open that door and to just even really get deep with how you're feeling and talking about it. But talking about how you're feeling with people is actually going to bring you the most clues and the most answers and the most clarity, um, especially because uh, you have that energy that it is very intuitive already. You just have to tap a little further in and discuss the, it, through the discussion, which is that air sign moon, you'll be able to gain the clarity and then follow the synchronicities that come up for you. And I'm not sure what synchronicities have been popping up in your life, but follow them, follow them with blind faith and you will surely be on your way to this great change. <laughs> Love. Awesome. Wow. I hope that helps you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. All thank right. You. Let's go to our second caller. We've got Elizabeth on the line. Elizabeth, are you there from Issaquah? I am. Hi, Elizabeth. Um, Hi. Do you know your sun, moon, and rising? I sure do. Um, my sun is Scorpio. My moon is Pisces. And I'm Virgo rising. Okay. And do you have a specific question for the girls? Um, bah. Um, just i just love to hear their insights. All right. Thank you. I guess um, what I would say to start and Razzie jump in um, if I, you know, if I miss anything. But to me, Scorpio Sun, Pisces Moon, Virgo Rising, I think you're being challenged this year in the area of your ego versus your relationships. And so there's sort of an energy, you know, with that Jupiter in Pisces and with Neptune in Pisces in your seventh house relationships, it's going to be expanding the 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 way you love. And that means like seventh house Pisces means you have unconditional love available to you, but, you know, Scorpio sun, Pisces moon, there might be certain parts of you that have been like overprotective or boundaryless, like like one extreme or the other. And so I think this year is about challenging your ability to actually do like healthy relationship in an expanded way. And for a Scorpio sun, the only issue there is that it might rock your world in terms of the amount that you are comfortable sharing or, you know, whatever protective walls you have up against, you know, your image or your ego or how you're coming across to people. I think that's where you're going to have to sort of it's like it's like relax and let people in so that as people flood into your life, which they will either way, and there's going to be exciting soul fulfillment and people coming in your life, just, you know, you'll think about someone and they'll arrive and you'll be like, oh my God, that Virgo rising is going to have the instinct to then go like be perfect for them or to try to, you know, maybe like try to create some kind of, a, in the past you may have tried to create something more 
loving or more more serious than what it was you know but this year it's about going you know what there's room for all of it what it requires of me is to let my walls down in my sun my solar energy enough so that I can actually have um, you know multiple intimate experiences without there being any you know like hiding or lying or perfecting or then or the other way which is just like getting too messy with it it's kind of about erecting structures of intimacy this year for you that still allow you to be that Scorpio you know a little mysterious a little bit you know behind closed doors but that actually can let people experience the real you and that Pisces moon you and sharing with people your intuitions and sharing with people how deeply um spiritual you you really are it sounds fantastic. Did I miss anything, Raz? What do you think? Yeah, I think that was great. I think uh, also karmic relationships came up, which you were spot on with, right? And just knowing that this the south node in Scorpio, since you're a Scorpio, is going to be deeply renewal, healing, and resetting all of the relationships that have gone wrong or sideways, the ones lingering in your brain, you get to have those closures with. So don't worry about the pace of next year. Just go with the pace that is being offered to you because it's healing all 2022 awesome all right well i hope that helps you elizabeth thank you so much thank you all right let's go back to the phone lines we've got heather on the line from chicago heather are you there hi yes hi do you know your sun moon and rising i do so my moon sign is in sagittarius my rising is i'm pisces ascendant and my sun is virgo all right. And do you have a specific question for the girls? Um, I have a question. I don't know how specific it is. I am looking towards 2022 to manifest um, some things and I have a plan and I'm just wondering if it's the right path. Well, I hate to break it to you. And then Razzie, you can take it from here. But there is no... There is no right path, my friend. Yeah. I mean, the only right path is join us every new moon and full moon at the moon where we will manifest together and we can get into the specifics every month. But really, like, I mean, your chart, sorry, it's like, Razzie, you take it. Now I'm like, wait a second, I have a thought. But it's like, like, that's sad. the Sagittarius North, like the South Node is still in Sagittarius right now. You're a Sagittarius moon. So that's the last, you just got busted live on camera. You are under arrest for beliefs that have not yet shifted. Let me arrest it for you and uh, turn it around right now. Rehab, there is no right. There is no right plan. There is no good plan. There is a plan that you make. And I know Virgo Sun, you're dying to have everyone go, wow, her plan was so good. But the truth is, you are a Pisces rising. So with Jupiter and Neptune, like coming into your sign, there are things about the way that you will meet the world and the world will meet you that you cannot anticipate. So I would say make the plan, get excited about the plan, but think more about the the why of the plan or the reason for the plan. And then as the chips fall, I know Virgo sons, they call me the Virgo whisperer. It's you hate to hear it because you're like, I figured out the plan and I know the right thing to do. And it's like, yeah, yes, but, (laughs) but you also are totally, Virgos are the most capable. Let's be honest. Like you're actually, if you can get out of your beliefs that there is a right and wrong or a perfection Mm -hmm. to be reached, you are the most capable at pivoting or at adjusting because Virgos are so talented. So it's like, make your plan, get excited about your plan. But then when things come come your way where you're like, whoa, this is a curveball or I didn't expect this, go, okay, yes, I'm off the plan, but it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. Hell yeah. Sorry, Raz, you can do the next one. I'm a ham. <laughs> no worries. That was perfect. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for that. All right. And with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stay tuned for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. 
So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. I want to take a minute and invite you on over to the Love Shack. It's a little old place where we get to get together, explore fresh perspectives, eavesdrop on juicy conversations, and uncover the mysteries that nobody talks about, but absolutely influences our relationships. And we're Tom and Stacey Bartley. We are the hosts of Love Shack Live, which airs every Thursday at 1 p.m. PST, 1150 KKNWAM. Yeah, come on over and join us. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y. R-E-I-C-H dot com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, today I have the great pleasure of having Sarah Armour and Nicole Razzi on my show. Both are astrologers and hosts of the Moon Yule. Well, we have one more person on the call here. Let's go to Sari from Seattle. Sari, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Sakura. Hi. So I understand that your sun is Taurus, your moon is Aries, and your rising sign is Leo. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Do you have a specific question for the girls? Not really. I just feel a big change, and I'm open-minded and with open heart going forward. So I'm looking forward to any insights. All right. Well, take it away, girls. Hi, sorry. So this is a big year coming up for you. This is actually really exciting because we were talking about the North Node in Taurus before, which means you as a Taurus are leading the collective with your decisions and what you do. So my advice for you would be in the first six months, especially from now till May, um, make sure that you're investing investing in things that you've never invested in or starting projects you've never started before. So get out of your comfort zone with that Uranus in your sign, right? So it's all about making uncomfortable financial decisions that you're going to see towards the end of the year that it starts to really roll in and you're building a momentum for yourself in a new world, really, right? In a way that you have not really done before, which is the key. So yes, you can use your tried and trusted values as a Taurus, whatever those things are for you, keep those, but remember to change it up with what you decide to put your money into and what you want to do. And remember that you are rising Leo, so you're in charge. You're in charge of your life. You're in charge of what you do. Be the star. And just towards like the second half of the year with that moon in Aries, try not to be too explosive on people. The anger might kick it up a notch and you might have a little more to say. But, you know, do a little bit of more grounding and meditation for that. And speak it how it is. You still have all of the cards in your favor to do so. But just remember that you can be a little bit more on edge than usual because so much is on your shoulders or it's going to seem like everyone's looking at you to lead. Right. So keep that in mind. But you are a lead. You are a leader. You're a star. So you got this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Well, thanks for calling. Sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. It's been wonderful. (laughs) Thanks for calling. 
All right, ladies. So I have heard that it's going to be my big, big year next year. And with Leo rising for me, Sag Moon and Pisces Sun, what is it that you have for me? Okay, I will try to make this brief, but we got to do a reading. You, you're, they're not kidding. You have a big year coming up and it's a really, really good thing. So, um, you know, you have a very spiritual chart off the bat. I mean, I don't know if you've ever gotten a reading before, but you have your chart is extremely spiritual and it actually plays right into the chart of the United States of America. We have a Pluto return coming on your birthday, <laughs> February. Uh, I don't know if you want me to say it, but on your birthday, we'll do that. There is the Pluto return of the United States, which is a huge deal uh, culturally. Sorry if you can hear sirens. New York, charming. But um, <laughs> but your Saturn, I mean, actually, is it too loud, Razzy? You can take over while the sirens are here. Yeah, but if it's fine. So your Saturn, which is your like karmic responsibility, it's your work in this life, is in the 12th house, the subconscious, the spiritual, at 27 degrees Cancer, that's exactly opposite the Pluto return that is happening on your birthday. What does that mean? That means that this life that you have spent being maybe like, you know, you're a you're a Pisces Sag. So you might have spent your whole life like having like beliefs that you're proud of and spiritual gifts that people are like, you crazy, Sakura. Oh, or yeah. like, like, you know, and, and so what is so exciting, the reason that this year is big for you is because the last 18 months has actually been, like Razzie was saying earlier, it's been priming the culture for what you have always been. <laughs> and it's been loosening up some of the beliefs that you've had about yourself based on the illusion, the matrix that the culture has created around trying to protect itself from people like you and like us, right, amigos. <laughs> But but so as a Sag moon with Neptune right there, you do you are a spiritual teacher and and your passion, your desire, your intuition, the things that light you up, the the insights that you get are are usually dead on. Pisces sun, it might seem like other people like other people might go, wow, she's so all over the place or she has so many an esthetician too. What's she doing? Right. But it's like, (laughs) actually, you are you are. You're a Pisces Sag. That's about as spiritual a chart as you can get, right? These are the two guru signs. They are, you know, they're, they're Jupiterian in nature. They are, you have Pisces right there too. So there's like this Pisces-Jupiter conversation that you're having in your chart all the time anyway. Well, now Pisces and Jupiter are both going to be traveling on your sun in your seventh house, marriage, mm and uh, relationships and they're going to be actually like securing the foundation of all the like magical thinking that you've been accused of doing and you're going to be like you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) and the other thing too is that there's a major responsibility here for you like so you're a leo rising which means what razzy was saying before too you're a star you can perform you are the light in the dark right you have hanukkah energy but your Saturn is in that 12th house in Cancer, meaning, and, and exactly opposite this Pluto return, it means like you do need to firm up your daily routines and boundaries almost to be the opposition, not to like try to resist change, but to like hold that nurturing space for the psychic collective during these difficult trends. I mean, even the questions that you are asking us is so incredibly perfect for this moment, which is like, you know, why are people making fun of it before? Will it be more acceptable? And why? And it's like, because you are here to actually walk us through that that in between. You're here in that liminal transitional space that sometimes you can't put your finger on or, or there's no proof of, but you just know. So I think the, the big message for you this year, aside from there being a real firming up in the area of love and marriage, and then Jupiter will move into the ninth house in Aries where you have your, you're having a Jupiter return too. So Jupiter's going to travel across your sun and then it's going to meet up with your Aries. So this is a whole year of expansion in the area of partnership, intimacy, and then like, just imagine how big your life could possibly Possibly get, and it's possible if you believe and you you've let this last few weeks wipe out those old beliefs that like no you're like a weirdo you don't get to do whatever the the world told you about who you were based on what was quote unquote normal now you're like booyah and I really think that's like what's coming this year for you um, if that makes sense Razzie, what do you think it was great I think that was spot on reading time to, time to step notes? time to step what out of the say? spiritual closet. Yeah, step out of the spiritual closet and actually like, I'm screaming, I'm so sorry. We have to move it on. Anyway, all I want to say is it's your year. Thank you. (laughs) All right, let's talk about money really quick. Let's. 
So like I was just saying, and then Raz, you can um, pick up where I leave, but it's like, the Pluto return of the United States is a huge deal. This is the first Pluto return that the United States has ever encountered. It happens roughly every 250 years. It's a very slow-moving planet, and it's the furthest away planet. It is the planet that rules Scorpio, which is where the south node is. It is the underworld. It is death to rebirth. It is that transition. I mean, again, your north node is in Scorpio. This is your purpose, too, to walk people through these transitions, through the underworld and back out, right? So I feel like what is going to happen when the Pluto return of the United States occurs, it's not a coincidence that in the chart of the United States, based on July 4th, 1776 in Philadelphia, the Pluto return falls in the second house, the Taurus house, where the North Node is, which is all about finances. So what is Capricorn structure? What is Taurus resources, finances, you know, sort of stability? And so we are really going to be feeling, I think, the uh, effects of living a, an illustrious 250-year history on extremely faulty foundations. Mm, okay. And what about love and marriage really quick for 2022? Right. So love and marriage, what we're seeing is like this great change. For example, I just watched a video before coming here of a woman talking about in her 60s, how she's never been in a relationship, really. She decided not to be in them and to to just be with younger boys just for the pleasure of it. And other than that, live her own life. So we're seeing this more and more where things like polyamory and polygamy be, are coming into the forefront under the spotlight. So we're watching now as we move forward, even the topic of finances and how women are now in more of a position where they don't necessarily need someone to support them or take care of them. A lot of the times the tables have turned. So now we're seeing how the psychology of people is changing along with the money changing, right? Going into different powers, whether it be from masculine and feminine or in the household or multiple households and families coming together and supporting each other. So that's what we're seeing in, in just short. That's awesome. And I know there's more to elaterate on, and I'm going to have to have you guys back on. But how are going to have to come to the moon you <laughs> exactly. on Sunday. Yeah. So tell us oh, how yeah. my listeners can learn more about you and also the next moon you so the next Moonual is on Sunday. Go to at the Moonual on Instagram and you could just get a ticket. It's free donation based community. So just come get a ticket. Come. You'll get a replay. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank we you. are so happy to be here. Thanks for having us. And thank you to Eric, my amazing producer, you, the listener, KKNW, KBKW and Cape Town Zone Radio. Stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com.